Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 298 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Fred Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well as well. We have some really interesting news to talk about today, but before we get into that, we got another co- uh, co-host in Krim. How's it going today, Krim? It goes quite all right this morning. <laughs> I mean... It, it, you know, I'm pr- I'm pr- I'm very happy with uh, uh the decisions that uh have been made this morning. Yeah, so Krim kind of hinted at it there. Uh, one of our big topics today, we got a BNR announcement. Kind of came a little bit out of the blue. We didn't have an announcement of announcement like a week ahead. Instead, uh, last night was just like, hey, we're BNRing tomorrow. We got the announcement today, so that's going to be one of our big topics. We also had the Grand Finals, which I guess kind of preceded this BNR announcement that we wanted to talk about a little bit as well, featuring Standard and Historic. Also, some uh, <laughs> new Magic merch that uh, has come out that we wanted to mention. And then, of course, answer some fish mail. So that is the overview for today. Today. Before we get into it, a uh, quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever struggled with the hassles of selling your magic cards, I mean, buy listing. It's a ridiculous amount of work. You gotta sort your cards. You gotta type them. You gotta ship them. It's, it's just like a big long process that's worth avoiding if you can. Well, Card Conduit, it's the easiest way to sell your cards. If you're looking to avoid all those hassles in all that time, this new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder will sort, grade, and sell your cards for you. And once your shipment has been processed, you'll get the proceeds minus their fee. And right now you can get a 10% discount by heading over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish so thank you so much to card conduit for supporting the show today and let's talk some magic so what do you think should we should we jump into the bnr or do we need to talk about the grand finals first because it like sets the stage for the bnr richard uh, what do you think what should we start with today uh, we'll go chronologically so chronologically there was a leaked bnr no no okay <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had the grand finals okay and if you're wondering what the grand finals is or was you can join me like who knows <laughs> so what premier magic well, tournament is what nowadays my understanding is this is the replacement for worlds although uh it's like invite only but there are 32 players and they play standard and historic that's the t- the tldr of it do you have something to add yeah to? no no i think you nailed it. i was gonna say it's pretty pretty close to worlds is probably the best comparison yeah but there's like no countries or yeah, whatever. Okay, so we had this <laughs> uh, top tier tournament, right? And going in, we had the Earl banning. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't two weeks prior because they didn't want to like shake up everything before, and uh, they released deck lists on the first day of the event. And lo and behold, Omnath is everywhere, and everywhere in both formats, <laughs> historic and standard, uh, standard. Omnath Ramp versus Omnath Adventures, although Adventures was pretty much the, the dominant deck. The top eight, full of Adventures. Lo and behold, Adventures won as well. Uh, that was the kind of story of the, the weekend. And uh, during the weekend, Wizards accidentally put up the B&R. It was like a page that was not accessible. Uh, but there was a B&R for Monday uh, that... You know, people are like, ah, so something is happening on Monday. And then Wizards released a tweet last night saying that they, it would only affect Standard. 
uh, and historic and brawl. Uh, and then we had the BNR this morning. Uh, but going back to the actual event, uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys actually watch any of it? It was 32 players. Uh, the, the dual format of historic and standard in the, you know, pandemic worlds format, I guess, right? This is our replacement for worlds this year since we couldn't have an actual worlds. So I, I watched some of it. I didn't dedicate my entire weekend to it and I was doing other stuff as well, but I was checking in on it. If I was just like sitting around, like working on articles or deck lists or stuff, I would have it on. Uh, I will say, I think there's, there's good and bad. Like uh, on one hand, when you see two Omnath adventure decks going at each other, it is kind of like watching two ridiculous commander decks battle. Like, you just never know when someone's going to have a turn that goes for, like, 15 minutes and they play their entire deck, which, in some very unhealthy, perverse way, is, like, sort of entertaining. So I did get some enjoyment just out of, like, uh, watching the turn and being like, wow, standard decks really shouldn't be able to do this. On the other hand, by the time we got to the end the decks that were, like, fighting the good fight and trying to defeat the Omnath decks, uh, like, Autumn and Emma were playing Girl Adventures, Seth Manfield had Demir Rogues or, like, Demir Mill Rogues. Those decks the all got knocked... rogue deck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even that deck was, like... Not super roguey. I think he had Thieves Guild Enforcer and Soaring Thought Thief, but it wasn't as much mill tribal as like, I don't know, like mill control with the mill rogues in it. So it, it was, it was an interesting build, but those decks all went out early in the top eight. So the last like five hours or something, like several rounds were just hour long Omnath adventure mirrors, which, uh, did lose a little bit of its luster. I think the highlight for me, uh, when I was watching was, uh, <laughs> was watching, uh, Gab Nassif play Omnath adventure mirrors <laughs> and just like battling the clock the entire time. I think he actually got saved in the match before the finals. He was like head on clock, like three minutes to two minutes. And then, you know, Gab, he's a very deliberate player. He, <laughs> he spends like two minutes on his turn, gets down to one minute on his clock. And I'm like, Oh, no, there's no way this ends without Gab timing out. What an anticlimactic way. And thankfully, he kind of got bailed out because Austin managed to kill him the next turn before he would have timed out. But yeah, so that was that was kind of the main He's not really uh, getting bailed out. <laughs> you're about to time out, I but mean, your opponent kills you. It's okay. I lucked out, guys. <laughs> I mean... How lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would have been... I don't know. I assume that would be, like, a rough way for the, like... Uh, whatever the the brackets all weird with upper and lower bracket but it was like the lower finals to get into the final match like it would have been kind of an anticlimactic ending i think with someone timing out but uh, i don't know like uh, what did you think Krim? did you catch any of it i only watched the uh part of the top eight i watched uh to see seth manfield and that was about it i i didn't really watch much of anything else because i really didn't want to watch omni <laughs> There, speaking of Seth, there was also, there was also a game where, who, I think it was on day two where Seth is maybe like the best magic player in the world. He's on the short list, but boy, there oh. were some, uh, some pretty crazy punts involving, uh, oh no, what's the, the red, red sideboard card? Red cat, red cat melee. melee. Yeah. Where, where Seth, like, 
and this is an easy mistake to make, but he didn't realize I could hit planeswalkers. So there was like an Ugin that he was staring down and he just kept like running creatures into it. And then eventually <laughs> after a few turns of like suiciding his creatures into this Ugin, he drew another red cat melee and actually read it. It was like, oh, and you could see the look on his face. He's like, oh no, I could have killed this Ugin the entire time. So that was, that was pretty interesting too. So there were some highlights. Still top aided, by the way. <laughs> he still, he still did. And, I gotta say, I was super impressed because sometimes, at least for me when that happens, it's easy to, like, tilt or get thrown off your game and let it kind of snowball. So your next game and your next match goes poorly. Seth, like, pulled it together. He punted on stream in front of 15,000 people, like, pretty brutally as far as, like, puns. And he pulled it together and made the top eight and recovered, and I think he actually won the next game and won the next match anyway. So it was a really impressive performance of something that I think uh, people should learn if you're playing Magic is you gotta be able to, like, put the past behind you. Everyone's gonna punt. If Seth Manfield is gonna punt, it can happen to any of us because he's literally one of the best players in the world. And the way he handled that, I thought was really impressive. Yeah. I mean like that. And that's, that's the big thing. Like, I mean, it, it, if I punted and and whatnot, I'd probably just snowball and go, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm just going to just give up. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't think there's a ton to take away from it as far as standard is concerned. If we go to historic, I think probably the most interesting thing was people playing the Neoform deck, and the Neoform deck, that was kind of the deck I was rooting for, because it's uh, probably the most unique deck, like, comboing off with Seagate Stormcaller and other, like, dual caster mage, other copying effects. It did okay, like, it won some games on camera, but it didn't top eight, and you could definitely see the... Uh, the drawback of it, where it looks great if your opponent doesn't have interaction, but if your opponent has a piece of interaction, it looks a, a lot less great because you're playing a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of combo pieces that don't do anything if you have to play fairly. I don't know about you, but I watched the Ken Yuka Hero match, and he just busted out some Uros in his Neo Storm deck. <laughs> he was like, "Whatever, dude, I'm just gonna Uro you to death," and it, it kind of worked. Uh, I think it was actually against the Thief, but yeah, I actually watched mostly historic so i i think one thing to take away is wizards released the the decklist early and as soon as i saw the decklist my enthusiasm for the event went to like zero basically right <laughs> like do you remember the pro tours of old where you're like what can happen this round we can see anything right now we're just like well seeing how the field is like 80 percent omnath i'm locked in for omnath mirrors i'm not gonna watch at all right where yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I saw, oh, look, there's some Neostorm decks in Historic, uh, Omnath decks, well, you know, because Uro's not banned, so whatever, right? They're going to play the actual just <laughs> Omnath four-color ramp deck. So I, I tuned into that, watched some of that, uh, but I don't know. I, I just felt there was no hype for the event. Like, how many people knew this was happening? How many people knew what it actually was? Like, we've had so many <laughs> mythic invitational slash championship slash MPL slash rivals league slash world slash pro tour slash players tours not even counting the SEG stuff and the melee stuff and twitch rivals like who knows what any of these things are anymore and uh, I, the format is unknown too right like walking into this is it double elimination is it swiss like normal or like you know what is it and we just don't have these expectations it's hard to get hype for these events it's just like a big bag of unknowns for me i i think for this tournament it, i think a lot of people knew but just didn't want to tune in yeah right? 
I I think it's hard to like parse out how much was people not watching because of the meta yeah. or because people are still like freaking out over stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago and like boycotting and all this stuff and how much of it was like people not being interested in the event itself. It's really hard to say. I will say like I was kind of keeping an eye on the Twitch views unless I missed something. It looked like it topped out in the like 15 to maybe to maybe 20,000 range, like, uh, like 17, 18 most commonly, which that's a, that's not exciting by any stretch. I guess it's not outside the norms for recent tournaments, but compared to like a couple of years ago or even a few years ago, getting like 15 to 20,000 for an event that's supposed to be a premier event is, is, is pretty lacking. Like that's uh, actually a pretty low number. So people were clearly not watching as much as they had in the past, whether that is the meta or other stuff or not knowing about it. It's, it's really hard to like parse out and know exactly why, but yeah, viewership was, was not good, which is uh, a little bit concerning. Um, so anything else to say about this past weekend or should we keep moving chronologically forward to uh, the next piece of news which is i guess kind of related to this tournament according to uh, to wizards yeah so so omnath uh, so omnath won the tournament okay uh that that's a given and uh wizards <laughs> released the bnr uh this morning so here are the changes okay effective basically immediately uh they've already gone live uh standard omnath is banned. Lucky Clover <gasps> banned. Escape to the Wilds banned. Uh, Random. <laughs> uh, they had a reason for that. It basically got reflector maged. Uh, but historic Omnath is suspended. Uh, Teferi and Wilderness Wreck are banned, but they were previously suspended, so this is effectively no change. And then Burning Tree Emissary unsuspended. And uh, in Brawl, Omnath is banned. So throw those Omnaths away on Magic Arena. You can't do anything with them at this point. Oh, you can play Historic Brawl. Uh, so Omnath is legal in Historic Brawl, but they'll be you'll be paired against other decks of similar power levels if you play Omnath, which means you just get Omnath mirrors all day. So Historic Brawl, the last bastion of hope for Omnath. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me. Do you remember when they banned Stoneforge? Except for if you play, it was in a precon deck, and they were like, <laughs> yep, "The yep. exception is if you play the precon right out of the box with no changes, it's still legal." <laughs> I <laughs> that was such a random thing. Oh, but yeah, you can buy the the event deck <laughs> and play with it. All right. Uh, so, so these so, these so the, the chase mythic Dunzo, <laughs> right? We had to sacrifice the grand finals for it, but they did it. They did it. We didn't think they would do it, but they did it, right? Omnath, Chase Mythic of the newest set, gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they had a choice. Like, I think, I don't know if he mentioned it, but Omnath actually broke Oko's metagame percentage record. It was like 72% of the standard decks at the Grand Finals, which not exactly apples to apples comparison because it was a small tournament versus like an actual pro tour with Oko, but still, like, it was, I don't see how they could not ban Omnath at this point. If they didn't, like, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I'm glad they didn't, because I would not want to be <laughs> on Reddit or Twitter today to see oh, the reaction yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. You mean the so reaction think, from two weeks ago? <laughs> I, and I think that's, like, a legitimate question. Like, this BNR is, like, 
basically what people were hoping for last time. Why why do wizards have to wait two weeks? Like why why didn't they just do this two weeks ago and like head off the problem and have a new meta at the grand finals? Like could the data have changed? Like what what would force <laughs> wizards to do it now when they apparently couldn't do it two weeks ago when literally everyone in the community knew that this had to happen two weeks ago. They collected the proceeds from Zendikar <laughs> rising <laughs> booster box sales. That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, that that could very well that could very well be it, as depressing as that is. I mean, I think the bannings themselves are pretty solid. Like, I generally, I did a whole video and article about this a couple weeks ago about how traditionally over the last few years, uh, bannings haven't really improved standard over the long term. They might get better for a minute, and then the next most broken deck rises up. But now that we have Uro and Omnath and Lucky Clover, and as a bonus, just to make sure ramp decks aren't making too many land drops, Escape to the Wild's gone... I actually am feeling pretty hopeful about Standard right now. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's a chance it's going to come crashing down on me, and I'm going to regret saying this two weeks from now when we're calling for something else to get banned. But at the moment, I'm actually like looking at the cards in Standard, looking at this BNR, and I kind of think there's a chance Standard might at least be decent, and if we get a little lucky, it might actually be good. Like, I, I don't know why that's... I'm feeling confident, but that's where I'm at right now. Well, I mean, like, if you looked at Standard before, the the thing that was missing was just, like, like everything looked fun. I think I'd say Zendikar Rising is a blast if you just remove Omnath, right? And, like, all, and but, so, like, I, I'm actually extremely excited now because Omnath is gone. Uh, although, at this point, I think by banning Lucky Clover and Escape to the Wilds, has ro- has has Eldraine just rotated? <laughs> get getting there. Like, we still got Eldraine. <laughs> yeah, like like Brazen Bar is still in the format, sure, but like Eldraine is just rotated, right? Like, what is left now from Eldraine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, everything is gone. I don't even know why they leave this set in. They should just rotate it as a whole. I mean, I mean they axed the adventure deck, right? Like, now you yeah. now you can't play adventures. But you will still see Eldraine cards. You will see Bonecrusher Giant for, like, literally forever. You'll see Lovestruck Beast if someone decides to play a green mid-range deck. Uh, Is Questing Beast back on the map? Is that what I'm getting here? Oh, Questing Beast. Yeah, Questing Beast, Lovestruck Beast. All these cards, I think... The deck, the format is still, uh, the set is still really strong, and you'll continue to see these cards, but they're basically like, you can't play all these cards together anymore. <laughs> we'll make sure of that, right? Like, you need to do other stuff. I open, I open my arena right now, and I, and I just put the filter on of Throne of Eldraine. <laughs> And there's so many things like <laughs> like grayed out. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll come back and remind you when you get Embercleave to death, Krim. You're like, yes, that is <laughs> that is a card. Oh. Oh, don't don't worry. I didn't forget about Embercleave. That's a very good magic card. And I assume now with everything with the the way the bannings have played out, we're going to Cleveland, right? Like I mean, <laughs> Cleveland is the thing now. It's on the map and I mean, I I'm I'm excited to see this format though, like Seth had mentioned and I actually think this will be a really good format. Uh looking at everything that's here right now, if if like the worst thing that happens is rogues are good or mono red is good, I I I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, I think my hope is that even though they'll be a best deck, and maybe it'll even be a really strong, maybe it'll even be a too strong best deck, like with Omnath and Clover and Uroband, my hopes are high that you're actually going to be able to play Magic. Like before, 
in standard, it just felt like you couldn't really play removal and try to one-for-one people because your opponent's yeah. just, like, three-for-one-ing you with all their cards. Everything's drawing five cards. So even if the meta ends up not being great, I'm just really excited because I think you're actually going to be able to, like, oh, I cast a Murderous Rider and kill your thing, and that's actually, like, a play that'll be relevant and maybe even good in standard at this point. So I think all of a sudden, maybe instead of where we've been at for the last couple of years where everything's just doubling your mana or ramping maybe we'll actually go back to a point where you can play what i would consider like traditional games of magic where you cast your spells and your opponent casts their spells and then after a few turns things happen and someone wins rather than like just someone going off on turn four and you not even be able to try to interact because it's a losing battle to even like try to fight against it with removal or whatever see seth i'm a mid-range player and i like to block Embercleave does not allow you to block in any way. Like, all your creatures might as well be Rimrock Knights or something, right? You cannot block this thing. So I don't know about normal magic, but it is fairer, right? You, you can see the Embercleave coming, right? You can see there's a lot of creatures on the battlefield. There's open red mana. I'm a little afraid. So you'll see it coming. Uh, we talked about this before. I think Standard will only be saved if the best deck is a new card. Like, if the best deck is an Embercleave deck, I think people will tune out. Like, remember, like, Four Color Adventures is a new deck, right? It is not Saltai Ramp or Saltai Control or whatever, right? It's actually an Adventures deck with Omnath, but no one cares because, like, we've seen all these cards before and there's, like, a new broken card, right? Just like if there's a new Saltai Shell with Uro, you're like, I don't want to see this Titan anymore. If we see, like, Gruul... Uh, Embercleave or something come to the forefront people will just tune out it has to be rogues it has to be I don't know mill it has to be something weird where people are like yes these are like new cards I'm interacting with it's not the same old look at this questing beast into Embercleave I'm dead right like we don't want to see that so it has to be new cards from the new set to I think bring people back to standard I think that I think that might be a tough sell. Like, so here's here's my two concerns. Um, one of them is if you look at Zendikar Rising itself, arguably a lot of the best cards are the MDFCs, and why the MDFCs show up in a lot of decks. Most of them feel kind of like utility spells. Like, I don't know if it works the same with you guys, but I almost don't even notice them. Like, they just kind of, like, are in a lot of decks doing their, like, little card draw-y things or being a removal spell. So I think we'll see a lot of Zendikar Rising cards with MDFCs, but I don't know if that makes it feel like a, a new deck or a Zendikar Rising deck. So I think that is is one of my big concerns. I also am a little concerned about rogues. Like, let's say rogues is the best deck. Do you think that brings people back into standard because it's new and exciting and different and people like rogues? Or Sure does. <laughs> or, or do we just end up in the place where, like, the Magic Arena subreddit is freaking out because it's a counter spell deck and you're, you're getting all your stuff countered and killed when your opponent beats you down with a soaring thought thief and the, the, that aspect of the community doesn't especially enjoy that style of play i've already heard some people saying like i don't know my i feel like i'm going crazy but like people have already been saying ban rogue some people and scoot swarm <laughs> like these are cards that to me don't I, even seem like in the realm of possibility of banning but i guess if you're playing casually and you're someone like mutates out of scoot swarm and makes a big board it feels broken to you even though from like a more spiky perspective you're like oh just like kill it it's like any removal spell and you avoid that entire problem but people are already saying that 
Uh, yeah, and that that's that. I do not agree with that, right? Like, I mean, that's just like I, I feel like that's a bit. You know, we're just gonna ban standard, right? We're just gonna, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like at, at that point, we just ban everything that's come out in the last like two years, and I, I don't think that's correct. So I I do I do think that like you know like these like the cards that we have cried out for the last couple like years have warranted a banning, but rogues, come on. That that's that's that doesn't need a banning, right? I mean, I, I see Seth's point, and I know he's like calling out new players on rogues, but we all hate Mono Blue Tempo. Okay, like you remember this? I stuff? hate that as much as everyone. That's it's, true. It's, it's uh, Curious Obsession thing, right? was like my so, least favorite card. Yeah, you, you just want to play Magic cards, okay? And if people stop you from playing Magic cards, either by uh, generating so much value that they win the game on the spot through their ramp deck, or countering everything you play. Uh, you're not having a good time either way. But I, I do think, like, Rogues is still a, a step up than Embercleave. If I had to choose a Tier 1 deck, right? Like, obviously, it can't be, like, Tier 1, like, Omnath Tier 1, where it's just 80% of the metagame. But, you know, there will always be a best deck in Standard. If that best deck is Rogues, I'll take it over an Embercleave deck, or I'll take it over Mono Red, or uh, any of these, like, older decks, right? Like, we need... We need new cards, right? Like the set just released a couple of weeks ago. Everyone's already done with it, right? Like that's not right, right? We should be hyped about brewing decks and stuff like that. Not like, oh, I'm gonna get smashed by Embercleave. Like what am I gonna do? So so I really do hope uh, the the best deck is a new deck. But Seth's arguments uh, seem solid and don't give me much hope. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I, I think I would also love to see the best deck be a new deck outside of Rogues. Is there anything you think has a shot, like, uh, that features new cards? Is there anything, like, because I kind of feel like the last Banny didn't really do much. Getting rid of Uro, we just had more Omnaz. Uh, almost, right. uh, strangely, almost exactly like last year when we banned Field of the Dead, and then we went from two decks to just, like, having one deck, and that was the Oko deck. Exactly the same thing played out this year. But now I feel like this actually is kind of a fresh start for the format where things are possible again. And maybe, maybe Leyline Tyrants or Angel of Destinies or Jace Mirror Mages. Like, there are some really sweet. Ashaya is another one. There are some really sweet and potentially powerful cards. Nissa, the new Nissa. Like, there's a ton of sweet cards. Maybe they actually have a shot now. Like, maybe yeah. we are finally experiencing rotation and we're finally going to have this format where at least for a few weeks or maybe hopefully even longer maybe anything is going to be possible and we are going to see a bunch of like really cool unique uh, strategies pop up it's time for Kroxa it's his his older brother (laughs) who's taken all the glory (laughs) the family has finally like gone off to college or something and now he's left home king of the household uh, <laughs> it's finally my time. He's like, I'm a Titan too, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true because I do think, like, escape cards are very good against the rogue deck. So if we're assuming that rogues is going to be one of the most played decks, Croxa does seem like a really good way to fight against it. I really like the the green spider, too. Chainweb Arachner, I oh, think it is. Oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a card that I'm, like, super high on at the moment, because I'm assuming everyone's going to be roguing, and, like, escaping it and maybe fighting a flyer when it comes into play just seems like one of the best cards you can play against the rogue deck. Fully agree there. I mean, like, that... that I also, maybe now, like, what I thought was kind of a meme, but, like, the Rakdos deck that uses all the escape stuff. Yeah. Like, because that would be a very good counter to the rogue deck, right? Like, I mean... 
I played that that deck against rogues, and it was just like it wasn't even close. Like it, it, they just kept milling stuff, and I just kept eating my yard up. Uh, play. I even got to like add Ox of Agonis, all this other stuff. So, I I will say I'm a little disappointed in Party. Still, I want to be excited yeah. for Party, but they just don't have the mana to make it work. If you've ever tried to build a party deck, it's like all I the party did. decks are the decks that are missing the new flip lands. They don't have pathways. So you're playing like just horrible, horrible mana and base camp comes into play tap for some reason. I don't know if they thought it was going to be too powerful if your party tribe land came into play untapped, but the mana is just so bad that I don't feel like you can really build an aggro party deck right now, at least a very functional one, just because you don't have the lands to do it until Kaldheim releases. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's also just, like, I feel like the, cla- like, example, you want to get your whole party together, uh, and I feel like the payoffs just aren't that great either. <laughs> like, like you, you know what I mean? Like, I, r- right now, I just haven't found a reason to, like, assemble the party, right? Yeah, I mean, that that is true, too, and it is definitely challenging. I like some of the... Some of, like, the Rakdos party cards, like the the mini Grey Merchant thing, the two-drop that, like, drains equal to your party, like, maybe there's some potential there if you can uh, focus in on two colors, but I, I do agree that the payoffs are a little bit tough, and especially the ones that require a full party to really go off, so... Uh, it's. I guess that's another vote against uh, Zendikar Rising decks taking over because that's one of like the biggest themes of the set. There's so many party tribes and things built around the party mechanic. If that doesn't really have much of a chance at the time being, ugh, that uh, that is going to make it tough. So, okay, give me one Zendikar Rising card that now that we have Zendikar Rising Standard 3.0, uh, you think might have a shot. Give me give me your one your one sleeper card that you think maybe will do things in Standard. Finally, um, Zendikar Rising specifically. I mean, or you can uh, you can go to other sets as well if you would uh, if you would prefer. I'm trying. I'm trying to think here. Like, I mean, what is? I mean, maybe we might get to actually. I I'm just excited because like maybe yeah, Fair Magic is on the map again. Like, legitimately, that's like so. I don't know things that can attack going to the combat step. That literally that. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Because like it it feels like. For a while now, we haven't really had much of anything, right? Like it's it's kind of like to, like anything to do. We've just we haven't needed the combat step. Cat oven blanked all of like the you know what I mean, like all the aggro decks for a good amount of time, and now we've got you know like then we had Omnath where they they just beat you before you even got to the combat step. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just happy to see the combat step. Yeah, speaking of the combat step. I, I'm definitely interested in some of the plus one, plus one counter stuff from Zendikar Rising. That's a deck that I've seen look fairly impressive sometimes when I've run into it. You have, like, Swarm Shambler, really good one-drop for that deck. You have, like, Orin Refuse, you have Conclave Mentor uh, from past sets. You have a lot of pieces, a Bassery and all that stuff from M21. So maybe we can have some sort of, like, aggressive plus one, plus one counter deck. I'm honestly, as far as, like, top tier, uh, like, maybe competitive deck, I think that has a better shot of being good compared to, like, an aggressive party deck at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, like, an, I, I've tried to constantly build a party deck, and it just never, it never goes well. It also, never goes well. Also, the Planeswalkers. Like, I think Nissa is still a card that has potential to be really good. Maybe this frees her up. Uh, Nihiri is the same. I played it in a Warrior deck the other day that was, actually felt pretty good, especially for being a, a budget deck. And I think Nihiri, we have some good equipment. Maul the Skyclave, I think, is 
one of the most underrated cards from Zendikar Rising. Like, that equipment has very much impressed me. So maybe we could see the Planeswalkers. I don't know about Jace. I'm still... Uh, I still don't know if the meta's in the right place to make Jace Mirror Mage, like, a top-tier card. But I think keep an eye on the Planeswalkers as well. It, uh, this banning might free them up to see a little more play. I think I think Jace is, like, is pretty... I don't know, like, if, if it gets played, it's going to be out of the Rogues deck, right? Or I some see- kind of tempo deck, like... I don't see a kicker deck happening anytime soon, though. <laughs> I can see it being a sideboard card for rogues. Like, if you can bring it in against, like, control or, uh, other, against other slower decks, it might actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's where I would see it get played, I guess, but, like, I mean, uh, I don't know, it, this does feel like a brand new format, though, right? And so, like, I, I am excited to see what becomes of it. So like I I don't I don't know what new Zendikar Rising stuff is gonna start making its way into the format, but like I I mean I, I, Ember Cleave will probably get played, but I think we all expect that. So. <laughs> I, I'm uh, ready to suit about- up my Kazandu Mammoth with an Ember Cleave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what uh, yeah. what about you, Richard? What are what are you gonna play in uh, Zendikar Rising Standard 3.0? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm actually gonna play it. I haven't played any Standard now, but I'm like okay, maybe I can play Journaly Creatures and. Kazadu Mammoth is my creature of choice here. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I'll play Evercleave on it, maybe I won't. Okay, but just like big, beefy, dirtily creatures. Maybe you can actually win through combat now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like big, dirtily green creatures and maybe some removal to try to stop an Evercleave. <laughs> playing yeah. standard is the new thing <laughs> that I would like to... <laughs> Mammoth is, like, really good with Great Henge, too. And I think Great Henge, with these bannings, it might be on the short list of one of the, like, strongest cards in Standard. So I think, like, Mammoth on three, land drop, make it a 5-5, five, five, four mana, play your Great Henge. Like, that is a pretty legit line, I think, uh, for our future Standard. A strong card from Eldraine? What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Whoa. Basically, you, you, you screwed up, Seth. You looked at Zendikar Rising and tried to build that. First, you look at the Throne of Eldraine and what's the legal <laughs> list. And then yeah. you try to craft a deck, okay? <laughs> Considering so, how many things are banned from that set, you know, you might be onto something there, Richard. <laughs> it's probably going to start with Eldraine. So here's the maybe the biggest question for both of you. So after a day, Uru's gone, Omnath's gone, Escape to the Wilds is gone, Lucky Clover is also gone, is Ramp done? Like, are we finally entering a portion of Standard where Ramp is not going to be a top-tier archetype? Or do you think, thanks to, like, Ugin's, we still have Cultivates, like, there still are things that Ramp you. Do you think that Ramp is still going to be a legitimate archetype even after these bans? I think that right now, like, you know what? Like, there's still, what, Genesis Ultimatum? Yeah. There's still Ugin. Cobra. Cobra. You know, that like... There will still be some sort of ramp package. It just won't be the broken one that we're used to. Yeah, I think that there probably will still be a ramp deck. I'm hopeful that maybe it'll be like a second tier deck. I think without Omnath and Uro, I think maybe now like being aggro is a legitimate answer. There's not all these like incidental life gain cards. So maybe you actually can just like Ember Cleave your opponent to death or Mono Black aggro your opponent to death before they get to their Genesis ultimatums and their Ugids. That yeah. wasn't really a legitimate plan in a world of Uro and Omnath. It might be now. So I think that people will still try to ramp, but I do think the archetype got way, way worse with these bannings to the point where rather than being tier zero where it has been, 
I'm not even sure it's tier one at this point. I, I think it's maybe more likely to be like a second tier deck. Ugin only I, gets stronger yeah. when everyone doubts him. <laughs> <laughs> a lot I, of shortcomings yeah, can be made up for by just ramping into Ugin and then minusing the board away. Uh, I, I think people will still play ramp. No? There's just so many ramp is, cards still. Is Ugin enough, though, to like make it so that, like, like can it be enough to carry? The, the the archetype of ramp the, the, so so okay so you asked why escape to the wilds was banned right and it was basically right. a reflector mage ban where um you know they after they banned the first tier of cards like okay this card will be too strong and their conclusion was it was the bridge between mid game and late game for ramp so they removed it uh, and, and right. that's what kept you alive and uh, well not kept you alive but like basically like gave you enough gas to make it to the end game is there another card like that in standard, right? Can we, like, you know, we removed Uro. People are like, yeah, whatever, we don't need Uro, <laughs> right? We removed Omnath. Right. Is there another card that people can slot in and be like, this card does enough for me to keep me alive until I slam the Ugin, like the, the end raid boss, right? If you get to Ugin, you, like, you're good, right? So is there another right. card to, to help you along the way? I don't know if there's anything that does what Escape to the Wild does as far as just like that huge burst of card advantage and kind of still being a ramp spell because you get the extra land drop. I am a little curious if maybe stuff like Falith could be good, like the Avenger of Zendikar-like creature. I know it's still six mana, which is a lot, but it does seem like maybe you drop that and just make a bunch of plants to jump block to buy yourself time. But I think the, uh, the ramp deck... It might have consistency issues now. We might be back to, like, the traditional ramp paradigm (laughs) where, like, your deck is great when you have your perfect draw of, like, oh, some ramp spells and then my finisher, but then you're going to have games where you have a bunch of finishers and no ramp or a bunch of ramp and no finishers. There's no hydroid crosses. There's no escape to the wilds. I guess Genesis Ultimatum is... uh, It does do that for you if you get to it, but still, that's seven mana. That's still technically a finisher, I would say, alongside uh, Ugin. So maybe just have consistency issues now which i think is where you want ramp decks to be like traditionally that's how ramp decks have worked maybe we're back there now because you don't just have all this ramp in the early game that's also drawing you cards you don't have escape to the wilds which was essentially another ramp spell that also drew you a bunch of cards maybe without all that in the mid game you go back to traditional ramp where yeah the good draws are really really good but the bad draws when you're holding like three ugins and a genesis ultimatum and you don't have any cultivates or anything like those draws are going to be really really bad and keep the deck in check at least that's that's what i'm hoping for that would be i think the best case uh scenario for me mdfc's mdfc's (laughs) play the mythic ones they'll bridge the gap for you Will they though? Probably uh, not for a ramp deck. No, <laughs> no. I think you no need way. you need better. <laughs> you need more mana to make them useful. Yeah. Hmm. So as far as historic, we haven't really hit on that very much. So big changes. Omnath suspended. Uh, I would presume similar to Teferi Wilderness Reclamation. Uh, this is a precursor to an eventual full banning. I would be stunned if they ever actually let Omnath back out in Historic. And then Burning Tree coming off suspension. Uh, Krim, I know you have some strong feelings about some of these changes. Uh, what do you, yes. what do you think about Historic? So I, I think that they left Uro off and that is an issue for Historic. I think Uro should just get banned across like all the formats. But I, I don't know, like, I actually do not know why Uro is not banned. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, like, 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 
Burning Tree Emissary is still a very good magic card. <laughs> like, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I know aggro is, like, kind of back on the map, but, like, that isn't a goblin's deck. But, like, I still think that Burning Tree Emissary should stay on the suspension list. At least for a while longer. Uh, Omnath makes sense because, I mean, Omnath has just been... It, like, it, it just looked like what Standard was before Uro got banned. Like, that was the deck that I constantly ran into. Where Except they added Explore, and they would take, like, 50 turns, or 50-minute turns, uh, just playing additional lands and going off. So... I'm 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 very happy to see Omnath go, but I don't know why Uro is still legal, and I have no idea why. why I I don't think Burning Tree should be unbanned. So I actually don't like what they're doing with Historic. I actually think Uro should be legal and Omnath should be legal. Like, the whole point of Historic was a place for you to play cards from Standard that are no longer possible to play, which should include rotated cards and banned cards, right? Like if you had an uh, an Uro deck or an Omnath deck, and then it was banned out of standard, you should be able to queue up in Historic and play with it. But if they ban those cards there too, you can't do anything, right? So to fix this metagame issue, they should just release the next Historic Anthologies and keep injecting cards in until like this is kind of fixed. So I actually dislike this in the fact that uh, like Teferi is not playable anywhere, Omnath is not playable anywhere on Arena. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I woke up to Teferi. Yeah, like, 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 what a ripoff, right? Like, imagine you <laughs> grinded, like, 40 hours or something because you're free to play to get some Teferis or some Omnaths or something, and then they ban it, and you can, like, literally play it nowhere on Arena, right? Like, like what's up with that, right? So do we need another, like, Historic 2, right? Like, like Historic uh, Frontier where you can actually play like your Omnaths and your your Teferis and things like that. Like there should be some place they, where you can play all your cards. They should just do the Brawl Fix where you can play them, but they'll only queue you against other Omnaths. <laughs> yeah, they'll only queue you against Krim <laughs> if you play Teferi. Teferi, Krim's only job is to play against Teferi decks. Uh, I mean... I think the solution I would that would be ideal would just, and I think they're sort of heading there, would be adding, like, Pioneer, and who knows, it's not really on the roadmap, but if they ever got to, like, Modern, that would take care of a lot of those problems, I think, just naturally, because I think that Omnath needed to go in Historic, uh, especially considering they added, like, Explore to the format and some of these other support pieces that really powered up the ramp archetype. I also would like to see Eurogon, although I'm going to say... I'm kind of okay with Burning Tree being on ban. Gruul went from being one of the best decks in the format before the banning to pretty bad, honestly. Like, it's just not really a deck anymore after the banning. And we've gotten Jumpstar and we've gotten um, Amica Remastered since we had the banning. So a lot of change. We've got a lot of new powerful cards in the format. So I'm actually kind of okay with it coming off suspension. I do hate that it has this like jank out factor that it feels like you can't control sometimes where you like lose the die roll and your opponent just has two or three in hand and you're just like, oh, okay, like that was a non-game. There's just like nothing I can do because I lucked into multiple copies of it. Like I hate that aspect of the card, but it is powering up an archetype that I think could use a little powering up at this point because it just hasn't really been a deck and uh, aggro, like true aggro hasn't really been at the top of the historic metagame 
recently at all. Like, it's all been, like, combo or grindy lure stack, so maybe Agro could use a little bit of a boost in the format, and maybe this is a way to do it. So I think I'm actually okay with it coming off suspension, with the asterisk that if we go back to Gruel dominating, suspend it again. I can't, can't we just, just give, like, emergency ad, like, Goblin Guide or something? Like, why, <laughs> why, why do they... <laughs> I would rather uh, just they see made Goblin one. It's Zendikar Rising Crib. Come on. <laughs> just, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. New Goblin Guide, improved Goblin Guide. <laughs> I mean, in a way, you get the land when you attack with it. So <laughs> even better than Goblin Guide, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. Wait, when you think of it that way, it's a strict upgrade, right? Uh, all right. Any any other banning thoughts before we hit up a couple other topics and answer some fish mail? Uh, Uro should just be banned in every format, but yeah, that, that, you know, no, no, nothing too new. Nothing too new. <laughs> I I would agree. I feel like there's some cards from the pla- uh, past year that I would be fine with just erasing from Magic altogether, and uh, Uro is one of them. Although, also on my personal list is Teferi, so... <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. Seth, Seth, please. Let's, let's not say things we can't take back here. <laughs> uh, all right. So the other topic I want to mention really quickly before we get to fish mail is, I don't know if either of you seen this, Wizards is, is going all out with the merch. They have these surprisingly good-looking watches, I will say. I believe that they're coming out of Japan, but you can order them. You can order them anywhere, and they're like... They look like pretty decent looking watches, except it's got like the magic symbol. There's like different mana symbol versions of them available. They're going for yeah, like 24k yen, which I think is like around $250 if I know my exchange rates. Uh, yep. What do you, uh, what do you think of these watches? Uh, and what do you think of this style of merch? No- normally we've seen with magic what I would consider like mostly cheap kind of low-end merch i don't think we've ever seen higher-end 250 dollar watch merch coming out of magic first off i haven't even seen it i haven't seen what the watches actually look like oh i just i just know about the watches i didn't i didn't get to actually look at click, it until, click the link uh, in discord <laughs> they look yeah, good yeah, yeah, they yeah, look yeah. good like they look okay let, first let of all disclaimer i know nothing about watches right Second of all, second disclaimer, like, only a very specific kind of person wears watches nowadays, right? Like, this is not, (laughs) this is not like, you know, the 90s or whatever, where everyone has a watch, right? Nowadays, when you wear a watch, it's a fashion piece or you have some practical application for it. Most people just whip out their cell phone. So in that regards, I have no idea if those kind of people will like this or not. But it does look I mean, legit. It doesn't look cheesy. It doesn't look, you know, like... I, that's my issue. It doesn't look cheesy. Like, it, it's, <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm not lying to you like, either. I mean, I, I do I do like, like, the, the blue, like, the blue, the black... I guess I got to get the blue, black, red watch, right? No, <laughs> you no, just no, wear no. three watches <laughs> I'm not on your buying wrist. that. Like, there, there, there's the Planeswalker logo on it, but, like, it kind of just looks like a watch that's just like, here, we'll stamp the the planeswalker logo on it and that's it well that's the point you can like go to work and like look like a normal person while wearing like a magic watch right like it's the i i want to show my fandom but i don't want to stick out like a sore thumb my workplace has a dress code kind of deal right oh i I don't like ah 
I'm not a fan of, of, of I guess you I just want like a big a anime Jace face or something. <laughs> yeah, <guys. laughs> yeah. I need I need a big anime Jace on the board. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I like them. I don't wear watches and have no interest in wearing a watch personally, but I think they look cool. And if I was someone who Exactly what Richard was saying, actually. As someone who did wear watches and wanted to, like, wear magic stuff to work where you probably can't wear just, like, a random magic t-shirt or whatever, I think this would be a, a cool way of doing it. And I think they actually, like, they just look cool to me. Like, the way they're designed, they look cool. They Compared especially to some magic merch, which can be a little hit or miss, uh, I feel like this actually looks like a legitimate watch that I could picture, I don't know, like, my grandfather or someone wearing if they knew what magic was. I think that's the issue, <laughs> that, that it looks like a watch that my grandfather would wear. <laughs> then again, I guess, like, watches, like Richard had mentioned, though, is, like, a very niche market now, right? Like, I honestly don't know anyone that wears a watch personally, but I don't know. I don't know if uh, I'm the exception to the rule, but do you guys wear watches? No. I, not, not like, I, I wear it for, like, a whole 30, like, a whole day. I'm like, oh, this seems fun. And then, and then I remember why I just hate it. It's like, I'll just look at my phone. <laughs> Like, like, However, if I'm wearing a watch and I need to check the time, I still check my phone. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like forget, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Because like 99% of the time, that's how I do it. So like in the, like, you know, I have a Fitbit, it has a watch on it, right? I never use it. I whip out my phone all the time. It's just like ingrained in me at this point. So it's, it's just like a fashion piece, right? I don't have any purposes for work <laughs> for using a watch. Like I'm not timing laps or anything like that. I'm not diving into the ocean. So uh, yeah, I just whip out my phone. So it would just be strictly a fashion piece. What about but, like the, the backpack? I like the backpack too. Like personally, I like more understated stuff. Uh, so I, I think that's something else that if you want to like wear magic stuff, but you don't want to answer a bunch of questions about what magic is to people. I think that that is a relatively fashionable way of doing it. I I I, I don't know. Watches just seem kind of weird to me. But like, yeah, like I I however do think the backpacks are sweet. Like the the ones that they they've got because like they've got the like because the, the little lining on the inside has like all the mana symbols. All right, I'm on board with that. That's cool. Subtle, cool. It's not a watch. Watches just—I don't know. I mean, watches—they're—they <laughs> just don't do much for me. I don't know. Something about watches are just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, uh, magic is starting to hit a lot of just weird merch, right? It's starting to become like a normal franchise. Like, have you seen Disney apples? Like at Costco, like they're apples with like a Mickey Mouse sticker on it. It's just like, look, they're Disney branded apples, just to like trick kids into eating apples. Right, or if you go to the mall, you see like Star Wars, uh, uh, what's it called, like Instapots, the pressure cookers or whatever. Or oh yeah, 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 like, yeah it's yeah. just like on everything random. Or you need a spatula, it's like a Darth Vader spatula. You're like, what is this? I don't know. I'll buy it. <laughs> right, so it's just starting. I, I, wait, to I, I, I do have a Darth Vader spatula. <laughs> oh my god, you went to the same store. <laughs> And, and I'm not even talking about like some weird niche nerd store, uh, nerd store, right? It's like the actual like uh, you know where I buy normal kitchen cutlery store where they have these things, right? Where people will just buy yeah. it because they need it, and then it'll just incidentally have like magic IP on it. Like maybe your grandfather will buy a watch, and it's like, oh, this is a nice watch, and it's like, Grandpa, do you know you're like being a dirty green mage by wearing that watch? <laughs> Take the Christmas one, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably a good thing. Like, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know how much of it plays into everything we've been talking about with, like, TV shows and crossovers, if this is, like, another step in magic, like, turning into Transformers or whatever, Star Wars, something that's, like, more of a brand than an actual game. But outside of that, like, I don't know. If Wizards can make some money selling backpacks and hopefully put some of that money towards designing more balanced standard cards, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that, yeah, like, merch, I welcome the merch. Like, I like the shoes. I just, I do not like these watches, but I do like the shoes. Uh, and so, like, if they keep doing stuff like that, I think that'd be great. All right. Any other, any other merch thoughts, or should we hit up some fish mail before we run out of time today? All right, Richard, fish mail us. If you have questions, send to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get your questions on air. Uh, first question, PH Blood. What made Eldraine such a problematic set with two more cards banned? The total is five cards from Eldraine. Was it a change in development, the one set per block, or something else? Well, technically it's six now after today. So I think this fish mail came in last week. So we're up to six from Eldraine with Lucky Clover being banned. That's a really good question, and I don't really know the answer. My guess is... That it goes back to, like, just the fire design principles. Maybe that's the first set where it was, like, fully implemented. Although you can see some signs uh, of from Corset 2020 as well, where we got, like, Veil of Summer, we got Field of the Dead. So I felt like it was already heading that direction, and even more the spark to some extent. So I don't know. I think it's just a change in design principles, because the broken cards are kind of just, like, broken across the spectrum. It's not like Kaladesh, where... It was like, okay, you really overshot with energy. And, like, a whole bunch of stuff related to energy ended up being too good. The bannings with this, it's like, you got adventure cards, you got Oko, just a random planeswalker with, like, the food mechanic. So fires. It's just, you got fires, which is just a random, like, ramp card, essentially, mana doubler. So it's not like they missed high on one specific mechanic or, like, a new mechanic, which occasionally happens. We even saw it with vehicles, like Smuggler's Copter Heartache here, and they just pushed him too far the first time out. They just like across the board <laughs> pushed uh, Throne of Alderaid too far. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and that's that's why, like, now we're going to see it, right? Where what I was talking about, like, around spoiler time, which was that Eldraine is, is like, cards like Brazen Borrower should be ridiculous, right? Like, when I saw that card, I was like, this, this is, this is amazing. This card is amazing. This card is super powerful. Like, and, and it's because when you look at Eldraine and you and you think about Brazen Borrower, it's just like, is that even like, like without all the bannings and stuff, is that card even in the top five of Eldraine cards? Probably not, right? So that that tells you how much Eldraine, how like, like wild Eldraine is on the power level scale. Like, I don't know, there's just so many things in Eldraine that like, example, do five things at once. Uh, like literally adventures are two things at once with a clock. And, you know, like I, I think that's, just kind of like how Eldraine feels like it's it's it is very pushed the whole set everything in the set is pushed yeah I think it's, it's kind of all related like if they knew the cards were strong let's say they they played with Oko right and they're like okay Oko is dominating uh we need to make the other cards strong so they're playable right and then so like they're all because remember theoretically wizards thought all these cards were balanced Right, so they thought Oko was a, a good power level. <laughs> then the rest of the set needs to be up at his power level, right? And then it turns out Oko was way too broken. So if you remove Oko, now you have all these other cards that's also way too broken because they were balanced to play with Oko. So I think that's part of the problem. 
I would also say maybe because it's a new plane, they push power level. But then we had Ikoria, and like power level's pretty low from Ikoria, so I'm not sure about that. But you know, like Eldraine was or is one of my most favorite sets. Like you remember the gingerbread uh, trailer and like the the story book uh, frame and all those things. Like it's a really good set, and it's a shame that its legacy will be like. It ruined standard, banned. right? And like, like everything is banned, banned right? Like <laughs> that's a little sad. Eldrain was the official launch of Arena, right? Isn't that when the game went I... out of beta and like actually like officially <laughs> oh. launched? Yeah. How about how about that for a theory that they were launching Arena and they needed people to they wanted people to be interested and be hyped for the newest set and to buy those cards and to play Arena like. Do you think that could lead to them pushing the set more to like coincide with the launch? I feel there's no way they I, could have coordinated that. <laughs> yeah, they made Eldrain like a year a ahead. They're like, Arena, you must go out of beta on this date. Like, Arena team, would, <laughs> like, there's no way they could adhere to that. <laughs> yeah, See, like, that, right, that might be too much. Right now, right? Like, I, as as we speak, I am on Arena. I've got the, the filters checked for just literally Theros Beyond Death and forward. And the power level of the standard actually does not seem that broken <laughs> like at all <laughs> maybe maybe that's because this is at a quick glance but now when you take when you remove Eldrain out of the picture it just looks like wow like uh terror of the peaks looks kind of good elder gargroth <laughs> looks pretty good here okay so i i'm i'm I, like Eldrain has been just a such a problematic set everything in that set is ridiculous i mean even after a certain point, I wouldn't be surprised if people were asking for Bone Crusher Giant and Brazen Borrower to get banned. I mean, remember, we said this about War of the Spark, right? And War of the Spark rotated, so we don't talk about it anymore, right? But, you know, after Eldrain rotates, like, what's the next set that we talk about? So, I, I don't well, know. It's kind of like there's like, always like, a most like the, powerful set somewhere. There is a very powerful set, but, like, I, I would say Eldraine specifically, though, is a little bit too powerful. I mean, I get that there will be a powerful set, but, but come on. Eldraine is real powerful. And and having six bannings definitely, like, kind of gives you an objective way to measure that. It I still think, might so. be the most powerful set after the six bannings. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> if you look at the card pool left. Exactly. Like, uh, okay. Just so everyone, just go back, look, look at that filter without Throne of Eldraine, and look at the power of the set. It looks pretty good, actually. Next question, Rob Gala, nineteen seventies. Uh, with bannings becoming ever more common, could you see a future where Watsi divorces Paper Magic from Arena and then nurse cards on Arena like Hearthstone? So I, I, we I have to talk about it. this again because. It's possible that you ordered Omnaths to play in your standard deck. Due to the mail being a bit slow, you may not have received it yet, and it's already banned. <laughs> like, how does this make you feel as a Paper Magic player, right? Versus, like, erratas or nerfs or, or whatever. Like, there's just constant turmoil, even uh, trying to uh, keep your Paper deck together, right? You could have, like, Zendikar Ryza came out. You're like, I want to play the Uro Omnath deck. And then Uro gets hit, and you're like, don't worry, I can still play the Omnath deck. And then Omnath gets hit. Then you're like, I'm going to play Adventures, because I have the Adventure shell. Like, nope, <laughs> Clover gone. Like, so what do, you, what do you think about Paper Magic and this world of, like, banning every two weeks or whatever now? I don't think that they could ever do the Hearthstone method of just errata-ing cards as much as I wish they could because of the Paper side. So, I mean, like... 
unfortunately, that will be something that Magic just will have to deal with, right? Like, if they want to go into this world of digital gaming and whatnot, then, then like, but they, they are going to be, like, kind of, like, tied down because of the paper half of it. I mean, it, it, like, they, I like that they're willing to ban, right? I like that they're willing to ban, but I don't like, as a consumer, if I buy the product and then my stuff gets banned before it even arrives to my house, obviously I'm going to be furious, right? So, like... And then having cards do separate things, like, oh, well, Omneth does this on paper, but Omneth does this online? No, 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 we don't do that. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess for me, it's just play Commander. <laughs> play Commander when it comes to paper? I don't, I don't know, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they can do it. Like, I don't think you can have nerfings. I don't think you can have paper in Arena be different. Although, I guess it is a little bit with Best of One, with all the, like, random cards that they have in Best of One. But I feel like, I feel like Wizards are just stuck here. And I feel like it's one of the drawbacks of trying to be a paper game and trying to be a digital game. The only thing I could see is if they eventually just move away from paper play, which... They keep saying that they're not interested in, uh, and, and I guess we probably take them at their word, but if they ever got to the point where you just don't have paper tournaments anymore and it's all on Arena, then sure, then they'll definitely go down the nerfing path, but I don't think you can have nerfings and have paper magic. Like, I just don't think that that works, so you're stuck with having bannings all the time, for better or worse. Yeah. Uh, next question. Le Parker, if you had to make one prediction... What do you think the next big, quote, bad thing Wizards could do to milk the whales and power creep the game? Serious answers. I hope one of you will be like, ha, told you in a few months. So Secret Lair was the last uh, outrage. What is the next outrage, guys? Do you think Wizards has learned their lesson and they'll tone it back? Or do you think they'll be like, here's the next VIP Secret Lair with mechanically unique standard staples, $500? Yeah. no lesson has been learned, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that would be the next big thing. Like, actually, what Richard mentioned would be secret layer, new cards, but this time, uh, it will be it'll be teasing fetch land reprints. Like, you could get the like a few fetches with it, but also like it, it it'll also be like some ridiculously priced secret layer that'll be like five hundred dollars, and it'll have fetches in it and it'll have brand new cards in it <laughs> and it's random which one you'll get <laughs> secret layers where you don't know what you'll get in the box <laughs> we're going oh. we're going back to the booster box <laughs> the booster pack <laughs> yeah yeah essentially booster pack secret layers because <laughs> oh. at some point i like i do imagine it would just start hitting loot box territory right i <laughs> that would be the way to make everybody furious I'm I'm going to go with even more high-end products. Like, I really think, and we've talked about this a little bit before, the way that the sports card market has developed recently with, uh, like, one-card booster packs that can be $1,000 because you're getting, like, one-of-one one cards or one-of-ten cards where that's the total number in existence. Some of them are worth a ridiculous amount of money. I feel like we already saw a little bit of that with set boosters with, like, the printed gold signature. But I think, like, uh, where I expect that to be going is... 
rather than printed gold signature, you're going to have like 50 copies of the art card that's actually hand signed by the artist or something and things like that. And you're going to see those in like collector's boosters or some new product that's selling for just what we would consider obscene prices. Like if you think VIP boosters at $100 is like the peak, I don't think we're, based on the sports card market, I don't think we're even close. Like I think, I think we just keep going further and further down that uh, path to more exclusive and more expensive uh, products. Yeah, I think we're going to get more expensive cards. I think VIP boosters have shown that even though people complained, they still bought them and the Magic community will stomach these expensive cards. We will get fetch lands that are super expensive somewhere. Like some uh, either like limited thing like Seth said where it's just limited distribution or we'll get a new foil type or or something where you can expect to pay like $100, $200, $300 for your fetch land. And, you know, it'll be targeted to people who want to collect or whatever, right? Not for the normal person. Uh, but we'll get, like, more and more expensive uh, singles, so to speak. All right. Last question. Free Jazz. What if Wizards decides to temporarily unban every card in Standard for the first two weeks after a new set release? We can see their vision of how format, how the format should work. Uh, maybe calls you familiar is fair in a world with Omnath. Do you want to actually see that world? I don't know if I want to see that world. I think, you know how they have like the arena events all the time where they have like the weekend events? They should just have... You can throw it in there. Yeah, you just throw in... Every week it's a new format because the band list changes. So you just go like standard, anything goes, right? And then we could actually try to play Cat Oven versus Omnath and see what happens. Like... And there's, like, no effect on anything, right? Because it's an arena event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or is it too <laughs> miserable? <laughs> yeah. it, it, like, like, I, I mean, maybe because I'm speaking from a point where I've just seen, like, Omnath, right? For, like, two weeks straight. And then Uro and all that. I, I would prefer not to see those cards for quite some time. So, sure, you can do it. Like, why not? But, like, I, I don't know if I'd play that. I, I, but don't I, you want the flip I, side? Like, I think oh. it would be a fun special event. I don't think you should actually make all of Standard that. I think that would be horrible. I think Standard needs would be better if it was more stable rather than less stable and more things being banned and unbanned and in and out. But I think as like a special event they could do on Arena, I would I would try it. I don't know if I would enjoy it. I'd probably play a couple a couple times and realize like, oh my god, this is so miserable. But I think it would be interesting <laughs> to see what it was like. Yeah, I, I, I I'm gonna be honest, I miss elking people. <laughs> like I no, don't like no, you being don't. elk. No, you don't, Richard. Right? But you know, like maybe I just want to log in elks of people and log out. You know, be the bad guy for a day. I don't know, right? You, you don't miss. I think you you think I, I think you miss the idea of it. But then when you actually get back into it, like oh, hold on, this is this is awful. No, no, I, don't no, no. I said I'm doing the elking. Okay, I'm not getting elked. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> if you oh, log in and elk someone and then log off. You good? <laughs> you get one. Oko is legal for one match a day. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, that's all the time we have for Fishville this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail. 
and we get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 298 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a great week. And this is the crew signing out. <laughs>